How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks. And yes, that opening sound effect was kind of indicative of how the game was the other day. That's exactly how I'd sum up how the game was, especially after that, that huge high we had after that big win in Seattle. I would describe uh, the game yesterday as a major letdown, major letdown. And the Skins actually did play a good team pretty tight, so when you look at it like that, it wasn't as bad a loss as what it seems, but it was a very winnable game, and the defense just did not step up. The defense was really poor, and overall the team itself just kind of laid an egg. The offense had some good moments, but again, was a little inconsistent, and the defense was terrible, especially with those three guys that were missing, which we will talk about later, the three big injuries on the defense that were the main reason, I think, for this loss. So we will jump into that in a little bit here. But just to preview today's show, we are going to go over the good, the bad, and the ugly from yesterday's game. Lots of ugly, lots of bad, a little bit of good. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit today. So to jump into the good, we don't expect to have much in this category. Oh, and by the way, I'm sorry if my voice is a little weak today. I was screaming a lot at the game. There was a lot to scream about. You know, the Mo Harris touchdown catch, which I'll get to in a second, and stuff like that. There's a lot to scream about, so I lost my voice for most of the day yesterday. So my voice is going to sound a little weak on this podcast. I apologize. But to get into the good, we'll start again with Mo Harris here. Mo Harris called off the practice squad this week. Redskins fans, myself included, were really shocked when he didn't make the roster. Very athletic, big receiver who can return punts, return kicks. He actually had a big kick return, I think, earlier in the game, too. So Mo Harris had a really good game in his first bit of action, and I wish he had more targets. That that catch he made was phenomenal. I want to see more of that from Mo Harris. And honestly, at this point, as long as Quick is out, I'm completely fine with him playing over Pryor. I don't even think I saw Pryor in the field much at all yesterday. I don't even think he got a target. So I'm completely okay with, with Mo Harris starting over Pryor for the rest of the year. And speaking of Pryor, I know this is a little off-topic from the game, I heard the Browns allegedly were interested in reacquiring Pryor from the Redskins, but the Redskins said no. Okay, Redskins, if you're going to not play him, trade him. I mean, he's not playing at all. He's $8 million against the cap. Just get rid of him at this point. I mean, he's not playing at all, like, whatsoever. I, I understand if you're if you're going to make, like, a playoff run, you want to have your best players available and guys like him available, but if you're just simply not playing him at all over, you know, guys like Mo Harris are playing over him, Brian Quick when he's healthy was playing over him, just trade him. See what you can get. I mean, we probably could have got like a sixth or seventh round pick out of him, which is something, you know. So I don't know what the Redskins were doing there. But again, Mo Harris, great game. Mo Harris, you know, I think he only had three targets throughout the whole game, but he had that big touchdown catch along with, uh, I think, a 15-yarder over the middle. So Mo Harris had a really good game. Again, on the offensive side of the ball, I think Kirk Cousins, for the most part, had a really good game. It wasn't his best game of the year at all, but he did have a really good game. Kept the Redskins in it, made things happen with his legs, made some confident throws across the middle against a really good defense. And I was actually really impressed by Kirk Cousins' game. He had one bad throw on the on the interception to Mackenzie Alexander, which, by the way, if you guys follow my draft work, Mackenzie Alexander was one of my favorite players, so way to go, Mackenzie Alexander. But, yeah, Cousins had one bad throw early in the game, which kind of hurt this team, especially because the defense is playing so poor. The defense couldn't overcome that mistake that Cousins made. But besides that, again, Cousins had a good game. He had, a, he had We had to settle for a couple field goals, and we really didn't need to. But one of those was where we had, you know, three plays in the red zone on, like, the 10-yard line going in. One where Doxson slipped, which would have been the easiest touchdown in history of football. Then then Crowder dropped one on the one-yard line, and then Crowder dropped one in the back of the end zone. So that was basically three drops right there where Cousins threw touchdown passes that were dropped that had a result in a field goal. So overall, I think Cousins played well. His, his other players kind of let him down. And to kind of stay on the offensive side of the ball, 
Samaje P. Ryan, finally, where was this guy this all year? I mean, he was showing off some burst, showing off some agility, showing off some power through the hole. I was really impressed by Samaje P. Ryan for basically the first time this entire year. P. Ryan looked really good, and hopefully this is a sign of things to come, because it looks like Kelly's going to be out for a while with that ankle and knee injury. So P. Ryan will be getting the bulk of the carries. Sucks we can't re-sign Mac Brown and bring him back because the Vikings have him. But yeah, P. Ryan, again, looked great. I love P. Ryan this past game. Finally, he held on. When he holds on to the ball and he's playing confident and just hitting the hole instead of dancing, P. Ryan is a completely different running back, and he's a guy who can start in the NFL. So hopefully, this is a sign of more things to come from Samaje P. Ryan because again, he looked great this last week, this past weekend. Man, the defense was terrible, but there was two guys that really stood out. D.J. Swearinger had probably his best game of the season. He was. He struggled early in the game, like the whole defense did. The entire defense struggled early in the game. And the secondary especially, the secondary was getting beat like a drum. But I don't think that was mostly him. Mostly, he was in the box early in the game. I had to watch the All-22 tape, obviously. But I saw a lot of him playing up near the line of scrimmage to stop the run, which, again, wasn't really doing much in the first half. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But Swearinger in the second half really came into his own. He was making plays, play after play, honestly, in the backfield on, in the running game. And then those two picks were huge. One, he almost returned for a touchdown. So Swearinger had a great game, especially late in that second half. And then he almost single-handedly got the Redskins back into it. So his his leadership, his prowess, his, his inability to give up was something that I've been raving about the last couple weeks and something that he really showed yesterday in, in the game. So big props to DJ Swearinger and, and willing the team back in the game despite the rest of the defense playing like absolute garbage. Another defensive player that actually played really well, which I want to give some props to, Martrell Spate. I mean, I've been raving about him all year on this podcast. I love Martrell Spate. He's one of my favorite players on this roster. He is just so electric. Like, he's just a fireball in the middle of that team. And I've been wanting him to start over Compton for a couple weeks now. And he finally got his shot. When Compton went down with an ankle injury, like, halfway through the game, Spate came in. And, and again, him and DJ Swearinger in that second half were all over the field. And I kind of wish Spate would have started early in the game so because you, you never would have known how the game would have gone. But, you know, Spate's not the biggest guy. He's not the strongest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But he's going to come out there with 100% effort. He's going to blow up holes. He's going he's gonna to fight in there. And I love Martrell Spate. I think he's going to be a starter in the NFL fairly soon, hopefully for this Redskins team, because I do think he is that good of a player. But, you know, we'll see. If Compton is out for a while, Spate will get his chance, and I think he will shine in that chance. He is a leader. He Again, he's a fireball on the field, and he's going to be all over the place. So I love Martrell Spate. So give me more of him in the next coming weeks because he was excellent. So that basically concludes our good for this week because, again, it wasn't great. Many many aspects of this game just weren't very good. So that, that basically does conclude the good of this week. And before we jump into the bad, I just want to let you guys know that we do have John Stigler of SB Nation joining the podcast on Thursday to talk some Saints and Redskins. It's going to be a good game. The Saints are a legit team. So be sure to tune in for that, for that podcast on Thursday this week. John Stigler of SB Nation. Now to jump into our bad from yesterday's game. Now, there's going to be a lot for this one because there was a lot of bad, and I'm actually trying to figure out what I'm going to decipher between the bad and the ugly. But to start off with the bad, I mean, the play calling late in that game was terrible. And I almost put this in the ugly, but I already have a lot in the ugly, so we're just going to put this in the bad. That late game play calling by Jay Gruden was terrible. There was no urgency whatsoever. The Redskins were down 38-27, to I believe, with four minutes to go in the game, and the Redskins are slow up to the line of scrimmage, throwing five, six-yard passes across the middle, letting the clock run down. It was horrible. I mean, the Redskins were not – there was no urgency whatsoever. I don't know if it's on Cousins for not getting the guys up to the line, if it's on Gruden for this play calling. I have no clue what that's on. But you have to have more urgency in situations like that. And to even go along with the play calling, what the heck were the Redskins doing on those Chris Thompson runs? 
I don't understand it whatsoever. I, I really don't get it. I, I hated them. The third and one one, at least I kind of understand. Just get them up the middle, try to get the Vikings before they're set, and you might get a first down. But the fourth down call, I mean, a stretch play to the right. When the Vikings have – Vikings let – me, let me put this in perspective. The Vikings have perhaps the most athletic defense in all of football. Their linebackers are faster than, like, the Redskins receivers. Anthony Barr is a beast. Eric Kendricks is a beast of the middle. They have super athletes right there at linebacker. And then Linval Joseph is a sideline-to-sideline defensive tackle. They have elite athletes on that defense. Why are we trying a stretch play? I love Thompson. I love Chris Thompson. One of the quickest, shiftiest backs in the NFL. But long speed, he lost all that. He does not have his long speed that he had when he was in college. He does not have it. He has so many injuries where he just doesn't have long speed anymore. And it's evident. Like, we've yet to see Chris Thompson really pull away from someone using his long speed. David Amerson sucked him up in that Raiders game. And, again, Chris Thompson is having an excellent year, and he's an excellent football player. But he is not a long speed type of guy. He's not the type of guy where you give him the ball, and his speed is going to get him around the corner in that situation. He's going to make a guy, he can make one or two guys miss if they meet him in the hole, but that's about it. That's all he can really do. So I hated that play call. He was not going to get to the edge. Even if he gets by the defensive lineman who, who got by Scherf, there's still two corners right there that are there to make the play. So there was no chance of that play succeeding. And on the fourth down, I just, I hated that call. I think it was terrible, especially when the passing game has been working all day and Cousins has been using his legs. I mean, just drop him in a shotgun and throw the ball to Thompson on the backfield. Throw the ball to, you know, someone across the middle, like anything there. You do, do anything besides that. That was a horrible play call. Even if you're going to run the ball, just give it to P. Ryan with Ryan Anderson at fullback. P. Ryan was running strong, and he was running well the whole day. Just give the ball to P. Ryan. I don't care. Get Like, anything besides a stretch play to Thompson. That was a horrible play call. I, I guarantee Gruden is kicking himself after that call all day today because, again, it was horrible. It was just bad. Another pretty bad thing from the, from the other day, which, I mean, again, there was a lot, and I just I don't know what I'm going to say for the ugly was just containing Case Keenum in the pocket. And don't get me wrong, I like Case Keenum. Case Keenum was perhaps my favorite college quarterback I have ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, he was dropping 500, 600, 700 yards a game at Houston. He was so exciting in college, and I loved watching every second of him in college. I think he threw uh, 55 touchdown passes one one year in college, maybe more than that, 60-something, I don't know. Case Keenum, again, one of the most exciting college players of all time. But he is not a great NFL quarterback. He's fine. He, there's nothing wrong with him. If you you can win games with Case Keenum at your quarterback, but if he's throwing the ball, you know if he if he's throwing four or five touchdown passes, like three of them where he's rolling out of the pocket, then you have something with wrong with your defense. And we'll get to the secondary here in a second. Secondary is going to go for the ugly, obviously. But my God, the defensive line can you contain little Case Keenum a little bit? He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Alex Smith. You know, I he's not Carson Wentz. I understand those guys getting out of the pocket. This is Case Keenum we're talking about. And you know what? I think this kind of goes on all of us. All week, because we were talking about, like, hey, all of our losses come to Dak Prescott, Carson Wentz, Alex Smith, guys who are mobile getting out of the pocket. So, you know, we beat the Seahawks with Russell Wilson even. I'd give me Case Keenum over Russell Wilson. Uh, never mind, I guess, because Case Keenum destroyed us and Russell Wilson did nothing against us. So give, give me uh, Russell Wilson, I guess, over Case Keenum. My God, I mean, Case Keenum was, was awesome. And, again, the big part of that was lack of consistent pressure on him and lack of keeping him in the pocket, because every time he rolled out of the pocket, albeit that one pick he threw late in the game where he just rolled out of the pocket and threw it up there to Swearinger and just tossed it up there, which was a horrible decision by him, by the way. Every other time he got out of the pocket, he was hitting Filene deep, he was hitting Diggs deep, and, you know, the corners played terribly. They did. But you can't ask your corners to cover broken plays every single play. No, Not even the best corner in football can cover a, break, a broken play. 
every single play. So that was obviously on the defensive line. They got to generate more pressure. I don't even think he got hit in the game. He felt like he never got hit unless they blitzed like six, seven guys. And I don't even think there was one sack caused by the defense. And that's on guys like Kerrigan and Preston Smith. You guys are our best players on the roster. you gotta got to generate pressure, especially in big games like this. So it definitely goes on Kerrigan, Preston Smith, and the interior defensive line, which I'll get to again later in the ugly. They need to generate more pressure up there. I know Ioannidis and Allen being out were big problems for this team, but it was pretty bad, especially on the pass rushing department. The last overall bad that I kind of want to talk about, and it's kind of more of a season bad, not really this not really just this game because, again, he has been he got really banged up early in this game and it kind of feels bad to be bashing on him now. But Rob Kelly this whole year, man, has just been regressing a lot from last season. Last season he showed some promise. You know, he could make guys miss in the hole. He could he could fall forward for about six, seven yards. And he was, he was a consistent running back last year. I think he averaged over four yards a carry, which is exactly what this offense needed last year and kind of needs this year too is a guy who can at least get you four or five yards a carry and be a consistent plotter that can get those yards where Kelly is just not that anymore. He is regressed. I don't know if it's the injuries. His vision has definitely gotten worse. He looks like he's running in quicksand. And last year, he wasn't even that fast a player. But this year, he looks like he's running in literal quicksand, which is terrible, and it's hard to watch, man. And before that injury, he was doing nothing. Even on that play, he got injured, man. He he was jogging in the backfield and then got crushed. So I don't know what's going on with Rob Kelly. I hope his recovery is good and well, because I, I know he's a good guy. He's a hard worker undrafted dude out of Tulane. I love seeing those undrafted dudes do something. But, man, he, he's had a really rough year, and it's been really evident. And his vision, his elusiveness, all of that has gone way downhill from where it was last year. So hopefully Kelly can get it back on track. But ride with P. Ryan the rest of the year. Ride with Thompson because I don't think Kelly's coming back from this. And even if he does, I don't even know if I would play him over P. Ryan. I know P. Ryan hasn't been great, but last week I at least saw more. I saw more out of the game yesterday from P. Ryan than I saw from Kelly all year up to this point. So, Give Piran the ball more, give Thompson the ball more. I'm, I'm kind of done with Kelly for the rest of this year, honestly. Now, before we jump into the ugly, and there was a lot of ugly from this game. <laughs> before we jump into that, remember to rate, subscribe, review on iTunes. Locked on Redskins has always been on iTunes. I've been getting some great reviews, great subscribers so far, so be sure to rate and review on there. Tell me my voice sucks. Tell me it's the best thing you've ever heard in your life. I don't care. Either one, just send me send me some responses, send me some reviews. I'd love to read them. I read all of them, so be a little nice at least. Remember, Locked on Redskins on iTunes. Rate, review, subscribe. Check it out. Now to jump into the ugly. Now, there was a lot. Again, like I've been saying this whole podcast, there was a lot. But let me just start by prefacing that this game, the reason the defense sucks so bad, one was because secondary, which I'll get to in a second, but the three key injuries to three really young players that were playing awesome this year were major problems for the Skins this week. Monte Nicholson not playing was really rough, and it was evident by D'Angelo Hall's play. Now, Hall is not a terrible safety. He's not very good, but he's not terrible. He is he can suffice just enough. And when he went down even when he went down with injury, the, the drop off was noticeable. But when Hall was in the game, you can see the drop-off from Monte Nicholson's range, his speed, the intimidation factor with him back there because he's such a big hitter. You can see that drop-off from Nicholson down to D'Angelo Hall because Hall is not the same athlete. He is not the same size. He's not the same. He doesn't put the same fear into receivers that Nicholson does. And I know Nicholson's only played, what, seven games in his NFL career, six games in his NFL career, but I think teams already know that they have a big physical specimen back there who's going to hit you. Now, when D'Angelo Hall's in the game, that threat's not there. So the run after catch is there. The receivers aren't catching the balls and slowing up for a second because they know that they're going to get hit. If D'Angelo Hall's back there, they're catching it and running in full stride because they know even if Hall comes with his full weight, his full power, with the intent to hit you, 
it's not even near the same as Monte Nicholson. Even with Nicholson with a bum shoulder, it's not near the same. So that was a big effect on this game because I think guys like Thylene and Diggs, when they caught passes over the middle and they made you know, 20, 30 yards like running after catch, I think if the Nicholson's back there instead of Hall, it's a huge difference. And I know I'm a big homer for Nicholson because I think he is one of the better players on this team. I mean, the, the impact was huge. I mean, I really do think that the, run after catch, the runs after catch and some of those deep balls would have been a lot different if Nicholson was back there because, again, he has that elite range. He's a he's a better athlete than Diggs and Thylene. He can make he can make up those the ground that those guys beat on our corners. He's the best athlete on the team. Even I th- I think Nicholson really is. Besides Fabian Moreau, Nicholson is the best athlete on this roster. So he can run with those guys. He could have played with those guys, and it really sucked missing him. And then again, the, the two big injuries on the defensive line were huge. The Redskins were not able to provide any pressure without Ioannidis and Jonathan Allen. And it's been evident. Like this week, it was really evident. Last week, they, it wasn't. But this week, it was definitely evident. And the effect on the run game was huge by, I mean, the defensive line was getting no push, had no answer for the run game. Latavius Murray is not that great a running back, but the Redskins had no chance at, you know, making a play because the defensive line were just shoved back into linebackers' faces. You know, you can have the best linebacker play in the history of football, but the defensive line's not at least eating double teams or eating space. No linebacker's going to make a play. Zach Brown did what he could when he could, but overall, I mean, he just couldn't do anything. I mean, the defensive line was getting blown up, and it was terrible. I mean, the defensive line was definitely the worst thing about this game because the corners were really bad. And I'll get to them again in a second. But the defensive line was by far the worst thing about this game because they just, no pressure in the passing game, no push whatsoever in the rushing game, and they were just getting moved at ease. I mean, those holes, literally a truck could drive through those holes. And it kind of makes me wish, you know, Dalvin Cook was still healthy because I had him in fantasy. So it would have made things a lot more fun for me watching this game. But, you know, Dalvin Cook obviously went down with the injury. And guys like Latavius Murray, Jared McKinnon, guys who aren't even near as good as Cook, were just eating like 9, 10 yards of carry against this defense just because the defensive line had no push, no anything. They were terrible. And it was, God, it was horrible to watch. And I, it was, I mean, I don't have any words for it. It was just terrible. I mean, the defensive line was by far, again, the worst thing about this game. Just completely ugly. I mean, overall terrible. Again, I already said it five times. And to jump into the next big ugly, I mean, Norman and Breland, I don't know what happened to them. I know that they went against probably the best receiver duo in the NFL with Diggs and Thylene. Those guys are studs. So I'm not going to put too much hate on the corners. But, again, Norman's an elite corner, and he just got abused by those two guys. And he had a couple plays where he was right there, and the receivers made good plays. But, man, they got they got pushed around by these receivers, and it was ugly. I don't, again, I don't know how much of it is with uh, safety play because D'Angelo Hall and DeShazer Everett are not Monte Nicholson. They don't they don't trust those two guys as well as they trust Nicholson. I think what we saw a lot of games, a lot of times, which, again, I need to get the All-22 tape. So once I get the All-22 tape, I'll be able to watch. I think there was a lot of plays where Norman was reading the quarterback's eyes like he's been doing all year, and it gave Diggs an extra step on him. And typically Nicholson's back there, so quarterbacks don't want to throw that ball, or when they do, they're hesitant to throw it, where with Hall or Everett back there, quarterback's going to throw that all day. And I really do think, again, I think Nicholson being out of this game had a huge effect. I mean, honestly, I think that's what affected the cornerback play most of this game. And I know, I'm, again, I'm a huge Nicholson fan, so I'm probably biased. I need to see the All-22. But I think the corners were playing the way they have all year, but without the proper safety play, they regressed back to the kind of the way they played last year, where it was just... Easy pickings wherever the quarterback wanted it because there was no threat of a dominant safety until Swearinger stepped up late in the game. When Swearinger stepped up late in the game, that's when it all changed and the defense actually played better. So, again, safety play was big in this game, and it was it, it was poor early on, and the corners did not make up for it. And overall, it was just a very ugly game from the secondary. So secondary and defensive line really were the main reasons why the Redskins lost this game. 
I mean, Case Keenum, there's no excuse for Case Keenum throwing 350 yards and four touchdowns. No excuse whatsoever. So, again, the defense was the main part, main reason why the Redskins lost this game. The offense left some points on the field, but 30 points against a top 10 defense in the NFL, you really can't fault the offense too much. Defense lost this game, and a lot of it had to do with the secondary problems and defensive line problems. So that's that's my overall review of this game. Hopefully I don't have to go back into watching much of this game. Again, I'll go into all 22 so I can watch the safety play again. But overall, I, this game was really hard to watch. Redskins defense is getting shoved around, knocked around by a team that's better than them, but really not that much better. And it was just poor to watch, especially in a home game, too. You can't lose these home games. And now we have a very, very tough road matchup against probably the best team in all of football with the Saints. So we'll see how that goes going up to this week. Again, I will preview that game more this week. I really won't go back on this one at all. But that's all I have again for today. So be sure to tune in tomorrow as... I will start talking a little bit about Saints, and we'll actually, you know what, tomorrow we'll, we'll do a fun episode. We'll flash back to a very fun Redskins and Saints game from a couple years ago, and you guys will all know what I mean when, when I start off the talk tomorrow. So we'll flash back to that game, a very fun game that a lot of you Redskins fans probably remember, just like me. So we'll flash back to probably my only, my big memory of Redskins and Saints and kind of the history of this this matchup goes from the last, like, five, ten years. So it'll be really fun. So we'll go into some Saints stuff, and again, I don't really want to talk much about this Vikings game. I'm on to New Orleans at this point, much like Brady said, on to Cincinnati. I'm on to New Orleans, so let's focus on New Orleans. And remember, guys, tune in tomorrow for another edition of Locked on Redskins, and we will flash back to some Saints and Redskins games from over the past couple years.